Welcome to the Mental Health and You podcast. This podcast brings you information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust, with a range of teams, services and those who use them, sharing their experiences and wisdom with us every fortnight. Hello, welcome to the Mental Health and You podcast. I'm Sarah and today I'm going to talk about my role as the Voluntary Services Coordinator here at Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust and today I've got Andrea with me and we're who's currently a volunteer and we're going to have a little chat. So Andrea, hello, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi everybody, I'm Andrea. Oh, first of all, thanks for inviting me to join you on the podcast, Sarah. Yeah, so I'm Andrea. I'm a people participation coordinator within the trust, but I do some volunteering outside. It's something I really enjoy. So I thought it might be nice for those listening to find out a bit more about your role and how you can support them into volunteering. Yeah, brilliant. Let's do it. Okay. So what does volunteering look like within the trust, Sarah? So having volunteers in our trust, we have a few volunteer roles. So that can be anything from supporting groups and activities in the community or in the wards. We I also have some volunteers that help out in gardens, making them a nice place for um, patients and their carers to sit in outside so they get some space outside and you know, just spend some time outside in nature, really. And the roles that we have are a mixture. So where people can see people face to face, they can volunteer together with people or they can have roles that are that don't have any patient contact, such as the gardeners or even where they have. They talk to people on the telephone, getting feedback for our friends and family test. And also we also have invite external volunteers to come through from um, other organisations such as pets as therapy volunteers so there's the um, people that bring their pets in to interact with people on the ward so they come through our volunteer recruitment process as well and they are really really appreciated when they when they're here. That sounds fantastic and so much variety as well. So uh, I was just thinking that if you have somebody approach you who'd like to volunteer and the kind of role they're looking for isn't one that's currently available, are you open to suggestions? Can you make inquiries? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if people have an idea of a role or something they'd like to do, yeah, we can definitely have a look and see if that's something we can offer. Um, We do need to have some considerations where if the role already exists or it's something that should be done by a paid member of staff. But there's always scope for us to negotiate and find something that works for everyone. And, you know, we we do have a mixture of different volunteers from different backgrounds. So and we would welcome anyone applying for the volunteer roles. You know, we want as many people as possible to come and join us and bring their experience and knowledge and skills to to help support us. You know, even if people do have a criminal record, that doesn't automatically exclude you from applying for a volunteer role. We would we would have a talk about it. We would have a discussion and, and see, you know, make an assessment and see what what happens and if if it's okay to go through for the role or if we maybe need to look at something else. It doesn't mean that anyone with a criminal record can't volunteer. You know, I do think everyone should be given a chance, given an opportunity to try something. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's so good to hear that you're trying to remove all those barriers as well. Mm. 
I mean, it, it could be quite overwhelming, really, um, just even the thought of volunteering and, you know, committing to something regularly. How do you support someone who you might chat with who is feeling a little bit overwhelmed? I mean, it all it all starts with just that initial inquiry and having a chat with people and see what they want to do. And, you know, it's a really lovely part of my job that I get to talk to people and find out their experiences and their skills and um and what I try to do then is try and find some a placement that works for them. So if they're really keen, they want to maybe um, volunteer in a team, but they're not quite sure that that's the best place for them at the moment. I might suggest them starting off in a role that doesn't include patient contact so then they can build their confidence up and get an idea of volunteering and what the trust looks like before they go on and, and move into a different role. And I always suggest that people start off really slowly. They start off with a couple of hours and build their confidence up that way and ensure they've got a really supportive team around them that they feel comfortable with as well. It's, it's really important to get that balance right as well. Yeah, I love that. So small steps, they work every Absolutely. time, don't they? Not putting any pressure yeah. on yourself. Brilliant. Okay. So what are some of the reasons people give you for wanting to volunteer? Quite a lot of reasons, really. Some people want to get back to work. They've been unemployed and they want to start slowly building themselves up and their confidence and their experience to get back in to employment. They want to check also if they want, you know, they're interested in mental health, but they want to make sure that it's something they feel comfortable to be a part of before they make that big step and change careers. A lot of people um, are studying mental health and want to get some experience. But it's also it's people who have been supported or know someone who's been supported by our services and they want to get involved and they want to give something back to the organisation that, that supported them. Brilliant. OK, so say they've, they've been volunteering for a little while but um, then they need to speak to you about something. They've got a question on a day to day basis. Who who would that be that they would talk to? So they um, when everyone is given a placement, they have a, a volunteer supervisor that sits within okay. that part of the, the team and they look after them. So, for example, if they were in a group, it would ideally be the person running the group um, that they see on a day to day basis that they can ask questions or ask for support. But I'm available as well people will have my contact details and ask for advice and when we do the volunteer induction training they're given the contact details of various teams so like health and safety for example so they know where to go if they've got a concern about something and they can take that forward um, and ask for advice from the, the health and safety specialist for example yeah, that's brilliant it sounds like there's loads of support available that's really reassuring so can we find out a little bit more about you, Sarah? Um, what was it that brought you to the role? Um, I kind of fell into the role a little bit, actually. I, I started out um, within the trust and I was working as a support worker in a, a service within the trust, which was the substance misuse services. Um, and it, it went through a little bit of a, uh, a restructure. So people were moved about a little bit and I, I uh, got the volunteer coordinator post. Um, and I worked in that role for about five years. So I was really got involved with getting people into the uh, into the service as volunteers 
uh, helped with training and covered all of actually in the end up all of Norfolk uh, for substance misuse services with volunteers uh, and then um, moved to this role in the trust uh, a few years ago now actually four or five years ago so it's been looking after volunteers for nearly 10 years. Yeah, brilliant. So we've got someone really experienced in the role. Oh, we're really lucky to have you. And um, what do you enjoy about your job? What keeps you coming back? Just meeting people, actually, just um, just being a really small part of people's lives and them getting into, you know, if they're moving into work or an interest in volunteer or interest in this field. But also, you know, seeing that transformation throughout the process so you know people if people are really kind of worried or cautious about volunteering and actually get them through the process and they go on to volunteer the how settled they are at the end of it and confident and they they you know are really appreciated by the 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 staff that are around them and getting really good feedback I once had um a member of staff who I uh, got a volunteer into the group and they weren't quite sure how the volunteer was going to work. And they said, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. They were a bit, I don't think they were entirely convinced about the impact a volunteer could have. And after the group, I asked him how it went and he wouldn't stop raving. He became my biggest advocate for having volunteers in the group, actually. Um, so it was just a really nice thing when you can see people's perspective change about volunteering but also about volunteers as well and the impact they can have on services and the people around them so that's a really nice um a nice thing to be able to see and, and be a part of yeah it sounds like a really rewarding role mm. yeah that's brilliant so I think we touched on this earlier um but you work within the trust but did you say you also work alongside other organizations yeah, so we I I link in with other NHS trusts, um, certainly in Norfolk and Suffolk, and we 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 share ideas, we share knowledge, we sometimes share roles. So if they've got a good idea for a role, we um, see if we can um, start it off in this trust. Um, I'm also part of an organisation called uh, the National Association of Voluntary Service Managers, which is we call NAVSAM for short because it's quite a long thing to say okay and they they're in the nhs supporting volunteer managers but they've been running for over 60 years within the wow. nhs so it, it kind of gives you an idea of how long volunteers have been organized within the nhs but i imagine in health services before that even there were we had volunteers supporting um i guess as long as we've had some level of healthcare within within the UK really so yeah. it's just an idea of um, volunteering is not a new thing it's always been there but um, I guess hopefully it's becoming a little bit more open into people's eyes and, and awareness of it so people can see what what they can do as a volunteer. Yeah definitely okay so can you tell me a bit about the process so if someone right now is listening to this podcast and they're thinking do you know what that's something I might like to get involved in what what does the process look like what what should they do well I'd recommend that they have a look on our, our website at the volunteering opportunities on there so if they go to www.nsft.nhs.uk 
and click on the work with us tab and click on volunteering. There's some volunteering opportunities on there so people can have a look that gives people ideas of, of the roles that we But then if they come and contact me and have a chat and we can discuss what volunteering looks like, they complete an application form. And I like to have an interview with them with someone from the area that they're going to be going in because I can answer the volunteer questions, but I can't necessarily answer all the ins and outs of what a ward looks like or what the activities are going to look like on the ward. And when I say interview, it's really informal. You don't, you know, we're not going to be sit there marking you. We're not looking at your answers and such. It's more of a chance for us to get to know you and for you to get to know us and a little bit about the trust as well. So if, you know, people are a little bit nervous, we can make sure they're given a little bit extra support and 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 things like that so we, we don't want it to be a barrier for people coming in um, we do um criminal records checks so they now call disclosure and barring service checks um, we take references from two people that have known you for over three years and we complete some occupational health checks as well and that's literally just if there's any support that anyone needs we have the best way we're advised on the best way we can support you. So things like reasonable adjustments or or might need extra time when they're uh, taking on training, for example. And then they have a training, um, a training day, uh, volunteer induction. And then we can look at if we need to give them further training, like personal safety, for example, or uh, and then we'll arrange an ID badge and a nice uniform for them. And we also cover um, their out-of-pocket expenses, which is a way of saying, a posh way of saying we look after, we reimburse their travel. So if they need to get a bus or a car to where we are and they need to use a car park because some of our sites don't have car parking, we'd reimburse that for them. Wow. Sounds like you've covered everything there. It really does. So you mentioned training is going to be provided so they don't need to come with any like previous experience of volunteering or having done anything in a particular area. Yeah, absolutely not. It, I mean, the, the volunteer induction training kind of introduces them to um, things they might need to know about the NHS. So there's the stuff that they do need to know, like health and safety and fire safety. But we also talk a little bit about communication and um, what happens when people can become unwell and how to what to do in those situations. But in terms of experience of volunteering, I I don't look for people who have experience of mental health. That's not a prerequisite. It's not the first thing I would look for. I, I look for, you know, can people talk to people? Do they what do they are they passionate about mental health? I just want. I look for someone with values that kind of align with our trust values. Yeah. Stuff I can, they can learn as they go along. What I really want is someone who's kind and respectful and, you know, wants to know about people and support people. That's, that's what I look for. It's not a key thing for them to have mental health knowledge or experience. No. That can be taught. Brilliant. That could be learned. Okay. So, Angie, you, you mentioned at the start that you're you've been volunteering or you're currently volunteering at the moment. So. Tell me about that. What kind of things do you do and what do you love about it? 
Okay, well, I've oh, I've volunteered for for many years in different roles. Um, I guess when I first started volunteering, it's because um, I wasn't well enough or didn't feel I was well enough to work. So really, that was that helped me to build my confidence and my self esteem, and just to get myself back in the workplace. My first placement was in the charity shop, very small and quiet. Um, I explained. That I hadn't been very well and you know we took really slow steps and that that helped me really to get a, a foot in the door it was something I could um, put on my CV they also gave me a reference when I started looking for work and it gave me an idea of the kind of things I wanted to do um, it also gave me routine as well because I knew I had to get up at a certain time and had a certain amount of responsibility if you like to to go to the job um, it gave me a purpose and it helped me feel connected to other people when at a point before then I'd really been quite lonely and kind of was out of the routine of having conversations with people. Um, it, I felt part of something. It was really good. Mm. Um, yeah. And I felt I made a difference to other people as well. You know, whether it was the charity shop work that I did or when I um, did some volunteering at a care home or with young people that had been excluded from school. Um, currently, I'm doing some volunteering at a local church youth group. And that's really good because it gives the youngsters something to do after school every couple of weeks. Um, we do arty type projects and we watch videos and we've got a tuck shop. It's yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I would definitely recommend volunteering. Um, it just just makes makes me feel good, really. Um, and I enjoy the time I spend, you know, give, giving my time to other people. It's really rewarding. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so. That's all right. So I, I, I love talking about it. Um, so I guess we've we kind of covered this, but um, as we're coming to the end of the, the podcast, so where can people find information now, you know, for their next steps? So if they go onto the website, uh, which is, I'll repeat it again, um, which is www.nsft.nhs.uk. Um, okay. If they click on the work with us tab um, and that expands to uh, a volunteering tab amongst a few others. And if they click on that, that will take you to the volunteer opportunities that are available. And there's information sheets about the different roles. And there's also um, a volunteer email address that people can email and I will contact them back. And the email is volunteer at nsft.nhs.uk and if someone's um, using our services within the trust or um, is supporting someone accessing our services you can contact the care coordinator or the clinician or support worker and they can get in touch with me and I can um, speak to people as much as they would like about opportunities and, and volunteering and see what they want to do. Brilliant. OK, and I'm just going to ask, do these meetings, in-person meetings, include coffee and cake, Sarah? I'm sure they can, yes. Brilliant. OK. <laughs> Always coffee and cake is required, isn't it? Excellent. I love that. OK, so, I mean, that brings us to the end, doesn't it? Thank yes. you so much for in inviting me and thank you, everybody, for listening.
Yeah, thank you, everybody. And and thank you for letting me talk a little bit about my job and, and volunteering. And yeah, thank you very much. OK, bye. OK, bye. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss a future episode. Let us know what you thought of this episode by reaching out on social media. If you haven't already, listen back to previous episodes to hear some of the best mental health advice for you.